Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Well, hello. What a beautiful day it is. It's going to get up in the lower 60s today, so that's going to be gorgeous. And uh, yeah, we got some good rain. I, I was very appreciative of the rain that we got. really helps us out a lot. Uh, you are listening to The Austin Gardener, as you probably know. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin, and we are here to answer your questions, take your calls, get your input at 512-836-0590. That is the call or text number. And we also have a toll-free line which is 877-590-5525. So again, 512-836-0590, call or text. Um, well, I looked out at my beautiful green flower beds this week, and I have the most gorgeous blanket of beggar slice I have ever seen. It germinated really early, and I was. Uh, it got me thinking about when we put down corn gluten. I would have had to put that corn gluten down in you know the first week of January to prevent this. I mean, I have a very informal you know garden, but uh, it it is just having a banner year, so too late for that. But hopefully, we'll try to keep it from going to seed by just weed-eating it down or what have you, but it's just a little message that this is, you know, a great time for germinating these winter weeds, and they all serve some purpose. I mean, I'm not going to just go out there and spray herbicide on anything like that because I feel like nature's doing what it needs to do, and it's got to benefit something, and I'm sure the blooms are used by insects, probably some I don't even know about. Uh, but as it is, if you don't want them, you're going to have to consider putting down corn gluten or using pre-emergence, which, you know, in my first choice, uh, to keep these things from germinating. So just, uh, you know, heads up. Okay, what do you guys want to talk about today? It's that time of year when we're planting our dormant wheat, uh, fruit trees and all our other things that we can get. Uh, hopefully, you've if you've gotten some, you've gotten the right cultivar recommendations from your AgriLife County website. So again, AgriLife, Travis County, Bell County, you know wherever y'all are, uh, you go to them and you click on horticulture. You get a plethora of choices and uh, amazing information. And that way you can choose the things that are going to be most successful in your area that have been tried and true uh, choices. Your master gardeners know this stuff, and they absolutely know what works. So anyway, I, I was listening to Jeff's show, and I have to take a different approach to one of his suggestions this morning. Um, he was saying that it's time to fertilize your lawns. And I, 
you know, I've been in the landscaping business for over 40 years. I have seen every issue you could probably ever imagine with turf grasses. And the recommendations on fertilizing come straight from a lot of research done by A&M on turf grasses. So I want to just read you what they say about um, fertilizing and this goes along with my personal beliefs. So in the Austin area, climate and soils, heavy applications of high nitrogen fertilizer can do damage to turf grass. Now, he wasn't talking about high nitrogen fertilizers. He was talking about organic stuff, which we both agree on. By attracting insect pests that feed on the lawns, by burning the lawn with high levels of mineral salts, and by forcing a heavy flush of growth that can lead to fungal diseases. Weed and feed type products can stress some turf grasses, especially St. Augustine, and can damage tree roots. Young trees can be especially harmed by broadleaf herbicides in some weed and feed products. Mature tree roots extend far beyond the drip line of the tree. So if you have a tree anywhere in the yard, its roots are going to be affected by what you apply to the lawn. Besides, the time to apply pre-emergent herbicides to kill weeds here is in late winter, while the time to fertilize is not until we are well into spring. So the two should not be applied at the same time in a single product. One will always go to waste. Uh, leaving grass clippings on the lawn when you mow is the best way to fertilize during the growing season. The leaf blades contain all the nutrients the grass needs, and the clippings filter quickly out of sight to the soil surface where they can decompose and return the nutrients to the roots. In the spring, when the grass has come out of dormancy and is actively growing, which means you've had to start mowing it, apply a light fertilizer of a half pound of nitrogen per 1,000 square feet or just a top dressing of compost. So this is not, in my opinion, the right time to apply fertilizer to your lawn grass. Uh, it's just, it's, it's going to waste. And what you are going to be fertilizing is a lovely yard full of beggar's lice or some other kind of thing you're not really crazy about. Um, so that is just something I feel very strongly about. And I feel like uh, I agree 100% with Jeff on using the organic time-release products because, again, A&M tested them against the, you know, high-nitrogen synthetic fertilizers, and the organic time-release fertilizers came out on top, probably much to their shock, but they did. And they won't burn or hurt anything, but there's no point in using them now if what you're trying to do is fertilize your lawn grass. I mean, t theoretically, you don't do this till like the third week of April until you've had to mow like twice. When they're actively growing, they're out of dormancy, and I'm talking about the turf grasses. That is when you fertilize, not now. So, sorry, Jeff, but I mean, you. I defer to you on all vegetable questions, but... I feel like my experience in the landscaping business has, um, you know, you just got to go by your experience, right? Okay, 512-836-0590. That is the call or text line. 
and we're certainly interested in anything you have to say today. Uh, there is a great planting calendar also on the AgriLife website. There are some things you can start planting now. You can be starting seeds for the warm weather crops indoors. Um, but there are some things that you can direct seed in late winter outside. But just remember, if you're doing corn gluten, you can't plant seeds for other things at the same time. If you do direct seeding and you want to do corn gluten, you have to wait until your seeds are fully germinated and they're up and growing a little bit before you put down your corn gluten because that's what it's for. It's a germination inhibitor. Um, so anyway, just wanted to get that off my chest because when I heard him talking about that, I was practically yelling into the atmosphere. Okay, let's get that first break going on and then we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, just a reminder that the number 512-836-0590 is a call or text number. And we have a caller on the line from Bastrop, so let's go to Ray. Hey, Ray, thanks for calling. Good morning, Cheryl. I was calling. Uh, it was funny. You were just talking about turf grasses. I moved out to Bastrop about two years ago, mm -hmm. and I've got a, 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 it was actually mostly weeds with some Bermuda grass mixed into it. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to try to get the Bermuda grass uh, to come back this year. And I was wondering, to, you know, wanting to get your thoughts on the best way to do that. Uh, I've been reading different things and getting, uh, you know, everybody you read and what you hear, you get differing opinions on it. Well, it I don't know what kind of Bermuda you had. It's possible that the previous uh, owners sodded with Bermuda, TIFF 419. I don't know if you can see remnants of the clay squares in your yard. Um, they may yeah. They may have seeded it, but that's two different kinds of grasses. So... You could overseed with common Bermuda if you want common Bermuda, or you could try to fill in with some TIFF 419 uh, Bermuda or maybe a Celebration Bermuda because it spreads really rapidly. Do not checkerboard okay. it. Don't checkerboard it. But if you can whack, uh, you know, and you buy some uh, squares or some pieces of sod and whack it into irregular, you know, pieces and and then kind of uh, plant those in a, you know, a natural pattern out in the yard. Then if it gets happy, you got to have full sun pretty much for Bermuda. You probably do. Uh, or do yeah. you? Do you have full sun? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So then um, you can do it that way. You know, sprig it basically is what I'm saying. Or you can, you. Uh, you can overseed with common Bermuda, but it doesn't germinate until soil temperatures are... Or warm, like in April, right? Yeah. And that way you so, can... Yeah. Should I put down, like, something to kill the weeds and the grasses, like a prodiamine or something, in late winter? When would I put that down around here? Uh, I wouldn't apply any kind of herbicide, because that's going to affect everything in your yard negatively. Um, you could put down some corn gluten or pre-emergent for... 
annual that'll take care of your annual seeds keep them from germinating it will not right. affect perennial weeds like nut grass and johnson grass and stuff but uh for all the little um weeds that you know come up in the late winter and spring you could use corn gluten um the other thing to do is just cut it really low and keep that stuff from you know growing up and going to seed uh but okay. a, good, a good healthy bermuda is really good about keeping other weeds out okay so i just got to get it healthy um see there was something else i wanted to ask you um fertilizing wow. oh i've got these weeds that are like they're little burr things and we've got a pool in the backyard and those things just make it almost impossible to enjoy the backyard they're like little round things with stickers on them yeah is there a particular way to get rid of those things well if they are the like the stickers that if you step on them they really hurt yeah that's them yeah they well again you want to put down pre-emergent or corn gluten to keep those seeds from germinating. The other okay. thing the other thing that people do is you can either get a lawn vacuum, which I just realized they made. I just learned that recently and try to get up all the seeds, but the old-fashioned way to do it is to take an old blanket or beach towels or something you don't care about, drag right. it around the area to pick up any of those seeds that might still be laying there and, i got you and then uh don't let them go to seed again so mo 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 and okay. stickers hate nitrogen so applying oh. a good nitrogen fertilizer one of the organic time release nitrogen fertilizers will help keep them down okay all right. Well, I appreciate your advice. Um, thank you. Hey, thanks for your call. Good luck with all that. It's a lot of work, but it'll be worth it in the end. I hope so. Thanks <laughs> okay, a lot, Ray. All right. Thank you. Okay, 512-836-0590. That's a call or text number. And we're here to take those from you. And we have the toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Um, Again, this is kind of a maintenance time of year. We don't really start, we prune now. You prune your fruit trees now. And again, there's really good pruning guides on your uh, A&M Extension websites. Uh, there's also recommendations about what to plant when. Uh, but the pruning is really good. And again, all the cultivars. So if you're still out there looking for your bare root, fruit, nut, berries, grapes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they have all the good recommendations and which ones need, uh, you know, a partner, if you will, for uh, pollination. And I also heard Jeff talking about that. There are a lot of self-fertile fruit trees, as he said. Peaches are almost always self-fertile. So are plums for the most part. Well, at least methylene for sure is. But the AM website also says even if it's uh, supposed to be self-fertile, it always helps to plant another one. So if you have room, you would plant, you know, a different one, uh, a different plant, but it has to bloom at the same time. So, And that way you really increase the potential of your crop like that. So, 
Um, here's a text that just came in. For stickers, Mo with a bagger can help. Oh, yeah, for sure. That is great, Greg. I really appreciate that reminder. Definitely mowing with a bagger because that will help suck up some of those uh, those seeds. Those weed seeds can lay there. God, those stickers can lay there forever. That's why you either need to get rid of them, get them up, or, uh, you know, somehow use a, a gluten or something else to keep them from germinating. That is the worst problem in the world to have. Fortunately, again, a good, healthy, and nitrogen is one of those things that we're really low in around here. That's one of the things our soils are typically most lacking. Um, so if you can put down some good time-release nitrogen fertilizer, uh, good top dressing with compost can also help. And that's another thing that uh, I heard Jeff talking about. If you have a beat-up yard, and I think we all do from last year, that drought was just terrible on our soils. And when they're dry and hard, compacted, that is the worst thing for a turf grass that, that you can have. So typically, and I recommend doing this in like March, uh, aerating with a plug-type aerator and then going back over it with top dressing that's what we call the combination of compost and mineral sands. And your uh, soil companies, your landscaper can do this for you, but it's usually a 50-50 mix of compost and mineral sands, and different places use different kind of mineral sands. Um, if you plug aerate and then go back over that area with a thin layer, like I'm talking, you know, a quarter of an inch, <clears throat> of this top dressing, then that filters down into those holes that the plug aerator removed for you. And that is one of the best things you can do to revitalize a, a, a beat-up yard. It helps so much with drainage. And, of course, it gets fertility down into the root zone. Um, the other thing that you always have to remember about doing turf grass like that is don't water it often, real frequently, because that just encourages very shallow roots. What you want to do is water deeply and less often. And then be really aware of mowing heights because, like, Bermuda likes to be mowed low. It likes to be kept at an inch and a half. Uh, St. Augustine would rather be, you know, two or three inches tall, and that. When you mow it, you're just mowing off the top third of the leaf blade, and that's when those leaves will, you know, be allowed to lay on the lawn and put the fertility back into the yard. I mean, that's just the best way possible. Now, zoysia, I hardly ever mow mine, but I would use that same approach. If you have zoysia, you don't mow it very often at all, and you can mow it with a... Uh, with the mower that goes just, again, the very top third of it and lay, let those leaf blades lo, um, lay down on there because that's, again, just putting it all back right into the uh, soil. It's You get more results from doing that than you do from putting any fertilizer down. Um, so, all right, 512-836-0590. I want to encourage you guys also to get in with your landscapers because it's 
you know, almost too late for a good landscape company to get you scheduled for a spring project. And of course, I recommend Kevin Wood landscapes.com that's the website kevinwoodlandscapes.com for any kind of landscaping project uh, so you can go to the website get on that contact page look at all the projects depicted therein and try to get in line because as i've said a million times it takes time to develop a good landscape design then you have to go through the whole process getting it approved, doing any revisions necessary, getting a bid put together, um, and then, you know, revisions with that, then getting on the schedule. And it fills up really fast. And not just Kevin Wood Landscapes, but all the good landscape companies in town. And you got to be careful who you pick for your landscapers. Uh, you need to, you know, check references, look at their pictures their befores and afters and all that kind of stuff because th there are some people out there I, I see them depicting their work on places like next door and facebook and stuff like that and i see so many dumb things um on there you know the use of, of acres of small rocks for instance that's just a really bad idea uh, almost any way you look at it, those rocks, oh, they just migrate. They make planting anything really, really difficult afterwards. I just don't recommend a big rocky landscape. I know it's popular in some other parts of the country, but I'm telling you right now, again, based on all the years that I've been doing this, it'll end up being problematic for you because uh, weeds love to grow in a rocky bed. They just love it. I don't know why, but they love it. So be, you know, be careful who you pick uh, and be sure that you do have references to check and, you know, go with it that way. All right, time for the news. We'll be back after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back, and I'm going to take a phone call and then go to a couple of texts I've uh, got waiting. Um, but if y'all want to join, 512-836-0590, that is the call or text line. Now let's head out to Liberty Hill. Hey, Scott, how's it going? Well, doing fine. Thanks for taking the call this morning. really appreciate it. Oh, sure. And I just heard your comment about not using rocks in your beds and so actually we're building a new house it's going to be starting from scratch with all new beds and we've had the rock experience in the past exactly what you said you know constantly pulling weeds and so what would you recommend as some alternatives to rock well definitely just a good hardwood mulch a shredded hardwood okay. mulch like the native texas mulch um also people can use ground covers uh in areas like that where you don't want uh, tall plants or, you know, say uh, something like uh, woolly stenobia or verbenas, I can name 50 of them, um, that would just be a very low ground cover. And also the benefit would be getting blooms and stuff. But if you just want a nice, neat look around your trees and your flower beds, just use the native Texas mulch. And they're not paying me to say this. This is what I have okay. used in my company, <laughs> right. you know, for, for years. It's the best thing going. 
and you don't okay, so need cool. six inches. You'll hear these uh, people come on and say, oh, yeah, you put down four to six inches. That's baloney. Two inches. Okay, so is the cedar, I guess, maybe is there something, the chemicals or something in it that helps retard some of the weed germination and growth in your beds mm. as opposed to the rocks? Or? I haven't really seen that to be true. In fact, okay. there's a there were some studies done at, uh, by Malcolm Beck, and he showed mm -hmm. he, he's no longer with us, but he was just uh, always experimenting with stuff. And I remember seeing uh, uh, some stuff that he, he put pictures up online where he grew seedlings and, and he tried all different kinds of soils and what have you to see, you know, what would benefit and what would germinate. And he had every kind of seed germinating in cedar mulch that you could think of. So, yeah, okay. But okay. cedar cedar's not a bad thing, but cedar will pack. So if you use cedar mulch, be uh, sure okay. you stir it around right. every once in a while, you know, otherwise water can just run off of it. Okay, so stick with the hardwood mulch then. Well, that's my preference, but you can also, yeah. cedar's good for pathways and stuff. It lasts a good long while. Right, okay, yeah, well, we're just looking for stuff to put in the beds to, you know, we'll put down some sort of a probably, hopefully commercial landscaping cloth and then dig holes to plant, you know, salvias or whatever in that, but then some sort of something to put over the top of that that you know hopefully would not be like you mentioned as bad i wouldn't do that either rocks. i'll be honest with you i do not like those fabric uh oh. things in beds because okay. mulch will help keep the weeds down and it it keeps the the moisture in and moderates the soil temperature and what have you but you put that that cloth down Mm -hmm. uh, wherever you dig a hole to put a plant, that's where a weed's going to come up, and that way it's going to be right up in your your bush or your flower or what have you. Uh, okay. And spider mites love living under that stuff. And if you put the weed barrier down, then put mulch on top of it, I dare you to get an inch of water through that in a 45 minutes. It uh, okay. is right. just right. not... And plus, then, whenever you want to change things around, then you've got, you know, to deal with that mess. I, I can't tell you how much of that stuff, and it begins to deteriorate, no matter mm -hmm. what they tell you. It's a mess. I just go with good, weed-free, commercially made landscape soil, which is not cheap, but it's worth every penny uh, right. for your beds. And then a nice couple inches of shredded hardwood mulch. That's the way I would do it. Okay, great. Me. Well, I'm <laughs> very happy I called. It saved us a lot well, of money and, money and extra work putting all that stuff down and missing with it. Uh, one last question. Are you still going around and doing the kind of hourly consulting where you're just going to come out? and? Uh, I am not. And... I am not. Okay. I'm pretty much retired. However, um, Michael at Kevin Wood Landscapes, Michael took uh -huh. over the company. Michael will come out and do that same thing for you, and he is really good. Okay. So okay. Great. We'll contact, reach out to him. I've had yeah, you do that, that in the past, but I don't know if you're still doing that I'd, or not. Uh, you know, I've got some uh, ambulatory issues. I've got something wrong mm. with my hip, arthritis or something, and it's very hard for me to navigate mm -hmm. uneven, uh, you know, which is such a bummer. I was always so active, and this is like catching me up short <laughs> but, but i can't do yeah. uneven you know like hilly blah 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 i can't even get out my own yard anymore hardly at all but anyway oh my gosh 
enough whining, but uh, Michael's just awesome. So, go okay, to, right, we'll reach out to the yeah, office then and, and uh, connect with him this spring. We're getting ready to to do some stuff, but oh, he'll be all right. happy to help you. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Okay, here's a couple of texts. Here's one. Hi, love listening to you, Cheryl. What would you recommend for our yard? We have St. Augustine, but in our backyard, there's a substantial area of Johnson grass trying to encroach into and taking over our St. Augustine grass. Terrible. Thank you. Yeah, okay, so Johnson grass is a toughie. It is a vigorous perennial, as anybody who's ever tried to deal with it knows. The best thing you can do is dig it up, get rid of it that way. Um, you know, I am not uh, going to recommend spraying herbicide on your soil. However, with Johnson grass, if you can swipe over it, and that means they make swipe uh, type, wick type applicators that you can use, um, and you can just swish it over the uh, green leaves of the Johnson grass, you can get rid of it that way without contaminating the soil. And this works. I've done it myself. Um, it just stays, if you just touch the leaves of the offensive plant, uh, it stays within the vascular system of that plant. And your biggest problem is like, where's it coming from? So if y'all have a big old field of Johnson grass behind you, um, it's going to be a continuous issue. Uh, so if you have that scenario, it'd be great if you could put up a privacy fence type thing to keep all that stuff from blowing in, you know, blowing the weeds in. But if you can dig it out, get some help doing that if you need to, blow it in, uh, I mean, uh, dig it out, and that way you can really um, get rid of it permanently. And then St. Augustine, a good, healthy St. Augustine will... Uh, you know, help keep stuff out. Okay, here's another text. Hi, Cheryl. I just missed hearing about what you were saying about seeding that the other host said to do something was wrong. Also, when should we put our corn gluten to prevent the stickers? And does corn gluten prevent blue bonnets to grow? Uh, okay, first of all, I was saying about seeding... Um, Grass seed, one may have been when I was talking to that guy about Bermuda seed, it likes a hot, warm soil. So if you're going to seed Bermuda, you do that in April. Uh, as far as vegetable seeding, I referred to the AgriLife Extension Service recommendations on when to seed uh, vegetable seeds directly in the ground. Uh, corn gluten will not... Uh, oh, as far as preventing stickers with corn gluten, I would do it now or at the latest uh, February, early February. Um, that'll help with the stickers. And does corn gluten prevent the blue bonnets to grow? Not if they have already germinated. It only affects seeds from germinating. If a plant is up and growing like blue bonnets would be if you planted them in the fall or you, you've had a... Re recurring, um, you know, situation and have them already. If they're up and growing, corn gluten will not hurt them uh, at all uh, once they're up and growing. 
Okay, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Our house lot is seven years old. The builder put in Bermuda grass and Monterey oak trees in the front north side of the house. The trees have grown and are now shading out the grass. Any suggestion of what to plant under the trees, turf, or ground cover? Oh, yeah, I have a million suggestions. Um, but it's time for the break, so I'll get to that when we get back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. Um, and the text, I'm going to go to that phone call in just one second. But um, as far as the shade now that has uh, now shading out the grass, any suggestions of what to plant under the trees, turf or ground cover? Yes, there are some great shade-loving ground covers. Uh, there's also some, um, let's see, Bermuda won't take that shade, but St. Augustine wood or Zoysia wood, but you don't probably want two kinds of grass uh, in the front that look completely different. I'd probably go with the ground cover. Um, you know, the native ground covers that like the shade would be things like horse herb, um, even woolly stemodia, violets. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that'll take the shade. Um, Heartleaf skullcap, I love that. Uh, dwarf plumbago. Uh, go to the growgreen.org website, and there are some definite suggestions there for some great ground covers. The other thing you can do is just have a nice mulched bed under the trees. They really appreciate that. Uh, it's it's good for the trees, and that way you don't have to have anything growing under there if y'all don't want to. All right, let's go to San Marcos. Hello, Miss Gloria. How you doing? Um, I got a problem. <laughs> What's up? Well, there's a very large visible area in front of my house. It's it's kind of elevated, and I have tried to keep every anything alive there, and it, it just doesn't work. It gets full sun briefly in the afternoon and not much else um and uh so if i wanted to you, you talked about um weed block and you know trying to plant have plants with weed block and no rocks i get that but what if you wanted to to choke everything out and put some decorative rock there but uh I, you know i put two layers of weed block and uh, a thick layer of mulch, and still, you know, things come up. grow there. Yeah, weeds, grass, stuff well, I don't want. It looks true. awful. I'll tell you what I would do if I wanted a rock area. I would yeah. use big flat pieces of limestone, and have little ground covers in between them. Uh, you could have even vigorous ground covers like Greg's Mistflower. <laughs> or one of the native verbenas or something. The benefit of doing that, and get rid of all that, that plastic weed block stuff, that, that's just junk. Just get rid of it uh, because it's, it'll start to disintegrating and then you're going to have little pieces of plastic all over your yard. But I would just do big plat, flat pieces of limestone and then have the other little plants that want to grow there growing in between them because you could use nothing a lot of, wants to grow there that's the problem nothing well, wants to grow there well then the soil must be uh 
terrible. Yeah, it's a, they brought in some soil. It's elevated. It's got a rock border around it. Uh, and so the putting limestone down there, it's not like it's, it's, it's a, like hump, a backyard. Kind of. or a, It doesn't lend itself to any kind of decorative thing. Well, maybe so, you should just get it, you know, graded down. Uh, if they made an artificial... Uh, What's that word for a bump, uh, a berm? If they made an artificial berm and they built it up like that, berms are very tricky. And I'm with you 100%. And they used crappy soil, pardon the French. And what I would do is consider having it graded down so that you have a, a level area there. And then No, I can't do that. It, it's, the, it, it's conducive with the, the rest of the house. It's rocks. That and it's about two feet, no, two feet high. Maybe well, have you tried high? adding? Have you tried just adding some enrichment to the soil, like compost? Oh yes, oh yes. Trust me. Okay, uh, well, I'm out of ideas. And, yeah, Gloria, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I would just. So you don't know how to kill something. You know how to grow something, but you yeah. don't know how to kill something. <laughs> hey, good luck with that. Thank you for calling. Okay. Um, Let's go to another text here. Let's see. Cheryl, my... Oh, she's telling me uh, collagen peptides powder for your joint pains. I was skeptical it works. Uh, Central Market brand sold at HEBs. Wow, good. Thank you so much. I will try that for sure because, yeah, it is cramping my style. Okay, love this show. Any recommendations for evergreen bush that blooms and pairs nicely with Jerusalem sage? Full sun exposure. Have you thought about antique roses? That would be awesome. Also, salvia gregii. Every color you can think of. At least eight colors of salvia gregii. They are evergreen. They the best bloomers around. They only get a couple of feet tall though. Uh, but yeah, for with Jerusalem sage, I would go with the salvias or the antique roses. And you can get a list of those at um, uh, pr- pretty much anywhere. Even growgreen.org has some of my favorite antique roses listed in there. A and M has a whole bunch on earth kind roses. If you just Google earth kind roses they did all kind of experiments with roses put them through the ringer like bad soil never spraying not fertilizing not too much water and they came out with the roses that are just bulletproof and you know not surprisingly they uh end up being the antique roses it's just two different names for them basically that's what i did uh let's see Good morning. If you put corn gluten on the already little green blue bonnets, will it affect all the seeds that didn't germinate this year? Sometimes blue bonnet seeds germinate after years laying in the soil. It will affect any of those seeds that we're fixing to germinate this year. However, that would have happened in the fall, so it will not it only the effects of corn gluten only last six to eight weeks, so if those seeds didn't already germinate in the fall, it's not anything to worry about. They it won't keep them from germinating next fall. So yeah, don't worry about that. 
let's see. Can you spray weeds in a dormant lawn with vinegar? Spot spray. Vinca, possibly. Yeah, the thing about that is vinegar is just, it's not a systemic killer like, say, an herbicide like Roundup. It is really good for killing annual weeds. And you got to use that really strong kind of vinegar, like 20% or more. Um, not the kind you put in your cabbage or whatever you're doing. Uh, but uh, it Vinca is perennial. And, yeah, I mean, I, I can only think that's the only kind of Vinca, and that's such a pain to get rid of. Oh, I hate that stuff, the vining kind. Um, there's also periwinkle Vincas, but those are just little annual flowers, and those are real cute. But the vining kind of Vinca, yeah, it's a pain in the neck to get rid of, but you are not going to get rid of it with vinegar. Uh, but it won't, as far as what you're spraying it in, no, the vinegar won't hurt the dormant grasses. It will hurt them if, if it's up and growing and you spray the vinegar on your turf grass. It'll definitely, uh, you know, set back that, that turf or what have you. Okay, let's see here. Another text. Cheryl, uh, prunes, research the studies. After two to three months eating five to eight prunes daily, hip issues gone, going on four years. I buy the large sunsweet at Costco. What? Could that work? I love prunes. Five to eight prunes daily. I bet you that solves a lot of other issues too, huh? Thank you guys. This is so great. I have not taken anything. Oh, they prescribed some Celebrex kind of thing or something. Didn't do one single thing for me. Uh, plus, it elevates your blood pressure. And I already have high blood pressure, so I, I discontinued that right quick. It didn't do any better than like Advil. Um, but, man, these are great ideas. Uh, let's see here. Cheryl, if you're not, I hope you get some physical therapy. I was recommended to have surgery due to some hip issues. PT for six months was very helpful, and ongoing exercises helped. Hate to hear you going through those issues. Arthritis sucks. Best, Celia. Yes, I have been going to physical therapy um, since spring, and it really helped. I am so much better now than I was before. I could barely walk. Uh, last year, it, it was really bad. But the other problem was... I was not active because it hurt. So I was doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do, which is move it, you know? So thank God I finally, I went to three different therapies before I found the one that really helped me. Um, that was Texas Physical Therapy over in Westlake. And I went there based on my doctor's recommendation because they have this awesome anti-gravity treadmill that you can get in, nobody else has it that I know of. You get in there and it's a contraption that lifts weight off you so that it takes a lot of the pressure off your hip. It, oh my God, it was so wonderful. I walked for 10 minutes the first time on that. I prayed I hadn't walked 10 minutes straight and I don't know how long. Okay, uh, thank you guys for everything. <laughs> 
appreciate your ideas. Hope you realize I was only joking about the growing versus killing stuff. Oh, honey, I have killed my share of stuff. I'm really bad at houseplants. I have very bad luck with houseplants. Hey, guys, thank you so much. Again, consider Kevin Wood Landscapes as your uh, go-to landscaper. If you got any good projects going on, please um, go to the contact page at kevinwoodlandscapes.com. Michael's wonderful. He's a great crew, and I'll see y'all next Sunday. Thank you.